The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And that, my friends, might have been my favorite game thus far of the 2014 season for the Kansas City Royals. It's Davo on your dish right here on Clubhouse Conversation as the Royals emerge victorious, one nothing in a game that felt like the playoffs, didn't it? Okay, okay, correction there. I guess we're Kansas City Royals people here. We probably don't know what the playoffs feel like. So that's how I imagine playoff baseball feeling like with the Royals involved. Great pitching and defense, just enough offense because you're facing a pitcher who's matching you zero for zero, a counterpart that's just as good, a bullpen getting the job done with a sold-out atmosphere in the ninth inning, the tying runs at second base, sold-out crowd on their feet, you get out of it. And it's a game the Royals had to have. Once Jeremy Guthrie gave you six shutout innings, that would have been a complete heartbreaking loss had the Royals not held on and win that one. With I mean, Guthrie, definitely best game of the year. Most impressive, no doubt. Six shutout innings. He had some really impressive games earlier in the season and even into the month of June. But to me, you know, the Royals did nothing at the trade deadline. You lose Eric Hosmer. Jeremy Guthrie's been really struggling. He's facing arguably one of the best, if not the best, offense in the American League. I mean, it doesn't look like it when you look at the names. When you watch them play, they don't seem that glamorous. But Billy Bean... I worship the ground he walks on. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing what he does with that organization and that franchise year after year. Let's face it, though. Jeremy Guthrie, just absolutely unbelievable tonight. And, and if you told me before the game the Royals would score one run, I would tell you they had a 2% chance at winning that game. Honestly. I mean, who in their right mind would say the Royals would win this game one nothing? I'm sure the odds of that in Vegas, if you could get a line on that, were probably 100 to 1 that the Royals would win this game one nothing with the, with you know, with, with Guthrie going and the fact that Oakland's got a great offense and so on and so forth. But, I mean, Jeremy Guthrie up to the challenge. My gosh, tip your cap. Six shutout innings for Jay Guts. Three hits is all they got. He struck out six to match his innings. Two walks. Guthrie moves to 7-9, to nine, lowers his ERA to 4.50. And I always say, Jeremy Guthrie in 2014, the beginning of this year, I said he'd be in the 3-9 to 4-3-5 range, which is slightly above what you'd probably expect. I'm a, I'm a hero of an optimist when it comes to Jeremy Guthrie. But I said 3.9 to 4.35 in 2014. He's now sitting, like I said, at 4.50. So he's heading back towards the mean. I, I really think things kind of even themselves out after a while. And But, I mean, Guthrie, you talk about big game James. I don't remember Jeremy or James Shields ever pitching that impressive of a game. I mean, Guthrie was big game Jeremy tonight. He stood up to the challenge. Like I said, no moves. You lose Hosmer. You're getting no run support. I mean, look at the top of the first inning before Guthrie even threw a pitch. Lead-off double, wild pitch, Aoki to third, Infante strikes out, Gordon up 2-0, grounds out, and Salvi's called out in strikes. You have to just hang your head and say, my God, we have a runner at third with nobody out, and we still can't score against Sonny Gray. I mean, it'd be easy for Jeremy Guthrie to go out there and just say, what the hell? What is this? They don't, they don't score me runs all year. Just, I can't emphasize enough how impressed I was with Jeremy Guthrie tonight. And, I mean, and it was legit. There, Some people like to say that Guthrie is you know, walks the tightrope sometimes, and fair enough, he does walk the tightrope sometimes, especially more so last year, which is Houdini when guys get on base against him. But tonight was legit. There was nothing lucky about tonight. I mean, Jeremy Guthrie threw up three easy innings, you know, three what, three perfect innings, and had one fairly easy inning, and then buckled down and got out of two jams with, with good pitching. And there was really one close call, the near three-run home run tonight. But, I mean, come on, the ball was fouled by 30 feet. So... 
you know, and it's about time that Guthrie gets something going his way. So, I mean, that's that's uh, nothing came across against Jeremy Guthrie. The, the 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 Royals fan that you know is always negative might say, "Oh, we got lucky in that BS." Just real tonight out of Jeremy Guthrie. I'm so fired up about this. And speaking of run support, we'll get to that a little bit more. We'll talk about the offense, but. Let's also rave about the job of Kelvin Herrera, Wade Davis, and Greg Holland. And let's give Ned Yost a big tip of the cap. People like to criticize Ned Yost a lot. Well, I mean, it would have been pretty easy. I didn't believe that Wade Davis was available tonight. I mean, we heard, what, just last week he pitched three days in a row for the first time in his entire career. It wasn't highly effective that third day. He got out of it. It would have been very easy, and I didn't think Wade Davis would be available tonight. It would have been easy for Yost to not bring him in, maybe gone to Jason Frazier, you know, or maybe stretched out Herrera to two innings since Herrera was fresh. But, I mean, he threw the kitchen sink at the A's. Seventh inning for Herrera, eighth inning Davis, ninth inning Holland, and each rose to the occasion. Give them gigantic credit, too. Each of them struck out two hitters in a scoreless inning. Herrera's ERA is now 172. Wade Davis is like Tecmo baseball. Remember that baseball game? His stats are <laughs> 0.95. Remember that, remember that game where every team had a pitcher named Fries on their team, and there's only like eight teams in Tecmo baseball? Greg Holland, 1.73. Absolutely not safe for work. Filthy by the three Royals relievers and the Royals starter, Jeremy Guthrie, tonight. And, and yeah, Nedios, big credit, tip of the cap, going for the juggler tonight. Because now he obviously, now there's no way Holland is pitching a fourth day in a row. Same thing with Davis. We'll talk more about that. Actually, we'll talk about it right now for tomorrow, previewing the bullpen tomorrow. Yeah, this is obviously a perfect world if it's a safe situation or the Royals have a lead. But tomorrow, Herrera becomes your ninth inning guy, obviously. He's your closer tomorrow. Frazier is your eighth inning guy, and Bueno is your sixth and seventh inning guy. For tomorrow. So, and Bruce Chenger, extra inning guy if you need extra. So, in a perfect world, Vargas gives you five to six innings of two run ball. The bullpen gets you one run ball. You give up about three tomorrow and you find a way to scratch across two or three against John Lester. I mean, that's probably the formula for the win tomorrow. We'll talk more about the game and preview that here in a second. But let's talk about the offense now. Just another subpar night for the Royals. I mean, I'm excited. It's a great win, but we the warts are still there. That's a theme we keep coming back to recently here on Clubhouse Conversation. But thankfully, Raul Abanez, my goodness, was he hitting like 450 his last 20 at-bats? He went deep in the fifth inning, just got out, but that's all they needed. That's all that she wrote. Who would have ever thought in a million years that that would be the formula for win tonight? A shutout of the A's, Raul Abanez hitting a solo shot and having that be enough. Who would have ever thought that? And Especially in the top of the first and even in the third. Top of the first, like we talked about, runner at third, nobody out. You have to score the run. And I'm not going to let people off the hook for that, you know? Poor at-bats from Infante, Gordon, and Perez. Poor at-bats. They'll tell you the same thing. Another chance in the third inning, Gerard Dyson gets a one-out single, goes to second on the wild pitch. I don't know what John Jason is doing behind the dish. Didn't have the most impressive effort tonight, form-wise, behind the dish. But, I mean, Nori grounds out. Omar flies to center. They stranded another runner in the third inning. By then you're thinking, my God, you know, <laughs> we're not going to score tonight. You had to think. I mean, really? I tweeted out around then. The Royals probably have two more chances to score tonight. They've already blown two of their four. And then it turned out they had one more real chance to score in the ninth. Didn't uh, get it done then either with two on and two out as Omar went after the first pitch, looped out to shallow right. It was nearly a blue pit, but didn't happen. Luckily, it didn't matter. And for one night, I don't, I don't care. This feels damn good. This is my favorite game of the year. I'm on cloud nine right now. Let's talk, though, about where the Royals are in the standings and then preview tomorrow before we let you go here. Now, KC is now 8-2 their last 10. Impressive, eight and two. Everyone mocks Dayton Moore that when he says they're a second half team or Nebios, but once again, <laughs> they're eight and two so far. Now, granted, they're 
not that far over 500 still because they started 0-4 out of the break. But 8-2 their last 10. But remember what I keep telling you about the wild card and how much of a challenge it is. Because the problem is when you're going against three to four other teams, which is now looking more and more like three other teams, as Cleveland and Tampa are kind of selling off and both kind of slumping since then, although I think Cleveland whacked somebody tonight. But um, the problem with going against three other teams for the wild card, it's not the games. The Royals are now just two and a half back. I mean, obviously that's very doable. The problem is when you go against three or four other teams, even if you rattle off six and four or seven and three, somebody else matched you or did better. Well, case in point, Toronto is also 8-2 and two of their last 10, like the Royals. So the Royals haven't gained anything on Toronto from where they were 10 games ago. The good thing is they didn't lose anything, at least. The Royals, with the win tonight, stay four back in Detroit. Let's hope like hell the Rockies can get one of the next two games. That would hopefully get the Royals out of town four back, because I think the goal now has to be to take two out of three in this series. And if you can get, get through this weekend, still four back in Detroit, and you have one of your two or three, well, probably one of your three toughest series left of the year right now out of the way, and you're still within four Detroit, that's obviously a big success. The Royals are now, you know, Toronto's the only team ahead of them. That's good. If the Royals can get one or two of these teams eliminated, you know, whether it be the Yankees or Seattle, they need to get one or two of those out of their way by mid-August, get the other one out of the way by September. If you can make this a two-horse wild card and division race by September and be within three to four games of both, you'd have a chance for sure going into September. But the Royals, in the meantime, need to keep winning and not worry too much. It's still a little early to be worrying too much about other teams. It's still a little early. we got three to four weeks until we can really start obsessing over other teams' schedules. So for now, let's just keep winning. But good night for the Royals as all three of their chief competitors in the wild card all lost tonight. So like I said, let's preview the next couple. I think the Royals need to split these next two. We said coming in you had to get at least one to stay in this. Realistically, probably two out of three because you you know dug yourself a hole. Other teams are going to keep winning. you got to Keep pace. But the Royals at least will leave Oakland no matter what with still a, an outside chance. If they win one of the next two, I think they're in decent shape going into Arizona. Because you go to Arizona and you have Duffy, Ventura, and Guthrie. You feel very confident with those three going against the Diamondbacks. So, and especially in the National League Park, that'll kind of take away a little bit of the disadvantage the Royals have not having Hosmer, you know, and not having a great offense. When both teams have a pitcher, that does play to the Royals' advantage. So I love their chances getting two or three against the Diamondbacks, at least two in that series, hopefully. But let's not get ahead of ourselves here. We got two left against Oakland. I believe the splits, but the Royals need the next two. You get out of town two out of three in Oakland. Unbelievable. I will bow down. Tomorrow, to me, is a complete gravy game, meaning whatever. If they win, it's great. I mean, I'll, be, I'll still be upset if they blow it or lose a close one or whatever, but if they get pounded tomorrow, I don't care. If they win, I'll be on cloud nine. Tomorrow is just kind of a gravy game to me, and here's why. I mean, Sunday is the one you have to have. When you break this down tomorrow, go tomorrow. It's first of all, Jason Vargas against John Lester. You have no idea what you're going to get out of Jason Vargas. I mean, before his injury, he was so damn good. And Oakland's got a lot of lefties in that lineup. So you feel like Jason Vargas and, you know, I feel like it's a pretty good park for him with all the foul ball territory. And I think he could a normal, healthy Jason Vargas. I would feel pretty decent going against Oakland, but I don't know. I mean, who, who knows what you're going to get out of him? He's probably only going to throw 85 pitches, maybe 90. Tomorrow, it depends how he feels. The goal for Jason Vargas needs to be six innings, two-run ball. Five to six innings, two-run ball. Like I said, you've got Bueno, Frazier, and, Her and Herrera to finish it off, and Bruce Chen is your extra inning guy if it goes that far to save your bullpen. And then you have, you'd have Holland and Davis back on Sunday and an off day on Monday to get you back on track. So the Royals will be in pretty good shape if they can get through tomorrow. 
without playing, you know, 15, 16 innings. They'll be in great shape heading into Sunday with the off day coming up. So another another factor besides Lester, you know, or besides Vargas is John Lester. Is he going to have great stuff in his first Oakland appearance or struggle? Seems like a lot of times guys will struggle in their first appearance with a new team. I've got absolutely no stats to back that up. I don't know how you would really quantify that without calling me a lie sports bureau. But, I mean, the Royals just saw him two starts ago, and he was just dominant. Eight shutout innings against the Royals in Boston, the first series out of the break. Scattered four hits with eight Ks and two walks. Give up two his last start to Tampa. Your goal has got to be to get three runs, two to three runs off of Lester tomorrow. The goal has got to be Vargas for five or six, two-run ball. Bullpen gives up one the rest of the game. You give up three for the game. You get two to three off Lester and beat the bullpen, make it a bullpen game. That's how the Royals are going to win tomorrow. Scratch across some runs. The other part of the wild card is Lester will see some new faces tomorrow. Eric Kratz, I'm sure, will get his first Royals appearance tomorrow behind the dish. I'm sure Christian Colon will be in there most likely at third base unless Omar needs a day off at second. I would imagine Christian Colon's in at third tomorrow. You rest Moose. Don't make him face that really tough lefty. Casimir is not quite as dominant. I think you go back to Moose on Sunday, and then you move over um, Colon to second and give Infante the day off on, on uh, Sunday. So I think you see Colon each of the next two days along with Kratz tomorrow. So a couple guys you, you know, Lester hasn't seen, maybe they can be a little spark. I've got a weird feeling Kratz might go deep tomorrow. Just a weird feeling. I don't know why. Just seems like he might. Again, nothing to base that on. <laughs> Except the, the cherry Kool-Aid I'm drinking. So there you go. We'll see what happens. Sunday's the must win because then you have Davis and Holland back on Sunday. Shields against Kazmir. It's time for Shields to step up and be the man. Be Jeremy Guthrie tonight. He's been – it was fantastic for the Royals last year. He's been solid for the Royals this year, but I still call his year slightly disappointing, and I'm sure he'd probably tell you the same thing. He's been slightly disappointing with what you expect out of him this year. But he can still turn it around and get where he needs to get. It's another big game on Sunday because Sunday is going to be the day probably that's a rubber match in the series, most likely. And it's a game the Royals will need. They need to get two out of three in this series. they got to make up the ground. they got to – they buried themselves a bit. And I hate having to say you have to win two out of three in Oakland. Technically, they don't have to, but let's be realistic. They have to. So we'll see. Sunday's the one you got to have. Tomorrow will be fun just to see what happens. 50-50 we'll have a dish tomorrow here on Clubhouse Conversation. Have a lot going on tomorrow. I should be able to catch the game. I will try to get you a dish tomorrow, if not 100% certain on Sunday. Also be looking for a great interview I did with Andy McGaffigan, who pitched for the Royals in 1990 and 91, pitched in the major leagues for 11 years with the Expos and Giants and Yankees. Andy McGaffigan joins us tomorrow here on Clubhouse Conversation. It's an hour interview I completed today. I'll publish that tomorrow. So be looking for that maybe early afternoon before you – Listen to the or you know, sorry, watch the game tomorrow here. Maybe check it out later in the day. That's it for tonight. Tell a friend about Clubhouse Conversation at Royals Clubhouse on Twitter. Appreciate you listening. Great night for the Kansas City Royals, and we'll talk to you again soon on Clubhouse Conversation.